the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. Look in the eyes to see. Look in me straight to leave. You give me all I need. So give me courage to believe. Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still sleep Now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Scott. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. I'm a little sad, I got to say, because I am missing in the studio my partner in justice, Benita Hopkins. She, she is not here with me today, but she is definitely here with me in spirit. And so I just want to give a shout out to Benita. Hi, Benita. And I know you're saying hi, wherever you are. Um, she's actually away. Um, she's uh, studying with DeVos uh, University, uh, going after a uh, youth uh, missions a certificate, um, 18, uh, 18 month long youth missions certificate. And so I am so proud of her as, uh, and the rest of the Love Never Fails family is as well. And, and she's going to be bringing lots of really great nuggets back for us to learn about. Um, so, but we are in for a treat. Uh, today, we've got two really special people um, with us today um, that are going to be talking about the power of art and the power of movement, specifically moving your body through dance um, and and, um, and and even touching in some instances uh, with psychosomatic therapy. And we're going to be talking about sort of the range of the healing that one who has been exploited or abused might might receive and also the benefits from a prevention standpoint that the community can uh, learn more about and tap into as we pursue uh, ways to reach those that have been abused and exploited. Um, and so I, I'd like to first introduce to you Ruthie Kim, who is the executive director of Because Justice Matters. Hi, Ruthie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. So glad you could be with us. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, of course. And um, and then also uh, we have with us in studio, we have Amy from Arm of Care. And again, Amy and Arm of Care are have been wonderful in working with uh, our ladies in the IM house. Um, so we'll hear a little bit about that. But she is also working with other agencies, I believe New Day for Children. Um, she's done workshops throughout the uh, throughout the um, Contra Costa County, Alameda County, and um, and just does a, a wonderful job in restoring those that have experienced some kind of trauma. Hi, Amy. How are you? 
Hi, Vanessa. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me today. Oh, thanks for being with us. Um, and so we're going to go ahead and dig into, I'd love to start off with you, Ruthie, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. And just, I'd love to hear a little bit about, so how did you get started in uh, this fight against human trafficking? And, and what does, what is Because Justice Matters, BJM, what is that all about? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm originally from England and I moved to San Francisco about 15 years ago. I was working with a Christian organization called Youth with a Mission, or YWAM, and that's located in the Tenderloin, and I kind of got involved with a bunch of work, um, just working with the homeless community and doing outreach and day programs, and kind of through that work, I guess, I, I started meeting a bunch of women and girls on the street and really started to see some very specific needs, um, particularly with women who were trapped in prostitution, uh, girls that were being exploited and, and just really sensed that there was a need um, that was, wasn't really being addressed. And so Because Justice Matters, or BJM as we call it, uh, was really burst out of that season in my life of just seeing these things on the street and meeting women and hearing their stories and just feeling like, oh gosh, I really need to respond to this. And, and so Because Justice Matters was started in May of 2008. And um, we just really started as kind of having a vision to reach women and girls and um, particularly girls that, that were in prostitution that were being exploited um, and just really wanting to provide services. So whether that was friendship or, you know, chatting on the street and, and kind of building relationship with them, whether that was praying with them. Um, so we kind of started really small and, and just kind of started raising awareness and, and doing a bunch of events. And we've, we've grown over the years, and, and now we have a, a women's center in the Tenderloin, which is called The Wow. And that's really where we're running most of our programs um, at this point in time. And some of that is the dance classes that um, we're going to be talking about today. And some of that is Bible studies and support groups and healing groups. And um, so, yeah, we're really just invested in reaching women and girls in San Francisco. Awesome. That is so wow. And, you know, I grew up in San Francisco and um, I just, you know, having been somebody who loved to uh, sort of be in, in dance and I, I went to McIntyre School of the Arts and I was heavy mm. duty in dance and, and, and singing and dance and um, and playing instruments and things like that as a coping mechanism uh, for mm. some of the, you know, some of the traumas that I had experienced. And, and I think about the young ladies that you're working with. I had the, the good fortune of being at your, your gala last year. And yeah. I saw that you had these beautiful young ladies that did this routine and and I just reflected back on how important that was to me as a child and how mm-hmm. awesome it is that you're providing a vehicle for young people in San Francisco, young ladies in San Francisco to express themselves in, in a place that's safe and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually a dancer myself when I was younger, too. And so it was kind of exciting to actually start these programs with girls and include dance because it was something that was kind of so near to my heart. But I... Honestly, it felt like something I did when I was younger, and I'd moved past that. And it's just so interesting how the Lord kind of brings you back around to some of those, like, original passions. And when we were kind of renovating our women's center, we had this beautiful space, but it was just kind of an empty room, and we didn't really know what to do with it or what God was saying about it. Um, And then we had this idea of building a dance studio, and, and exactly what you were referring to, just the idea of bringing girls in and letting them have this beautiful dance space where they can, you know, engage in movement and the arts and, and that really be a healing tool. 
Yeah. So, so tell me about that. I understand you have a couple of um, actual dance teachers that are on staff and you have classes every week. Is that the way it works? That's the way it works. We have one dance teacher right now, and then we also have um, kind of a group of volunteer dance teachers from local churches. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple of classes a week. Um, we're focused on girls between the ages of like two and three all the way through to 14. So we have kind of, you know, those fun younger classes where the girls just have to come in and put on a tutu and just be really cute and kind of just dance around and right up through into those teen years where it's kind of much more of a serious thing. So they'll come in and they'll kind of hang out on one side and learn dance. And as part of that, we have like a little Bible study and a prayer time. And, and it's really, you know, a space where they just kind of get the opportunity to like embrace their body in a really healthy space. Mm. And just feel like, you know, this is a safe place for me. This is what I'm loved no matter what I look like. And, right. you know, we have the big mirrors. And, and I think for so many of us as women and as girls, even just in getting in front of a mirror, um, that is such a, a breakthrough excuse me, breakthrough in and of itself. Yeah. And it's just beautiful to see these girls get in front of the mirror and feel confident and, and have fun. And so they have the opportunity to do that. And then actually on the other side of our building, we have the moms hang out. And so they're having tea and they're playing games and they're having community too. So it's, it's almost kind of like this mother-daughter thing going on Yeah, as well. I it's noticed really that, fun. actually. The the mothers were there, and, and they yeah. seemed to be so connected. And I almost was under the perception that they were, um, you know, like this was a family that had brought all their children to the to, yeah. to participate in the classes. And so, Absolutely. yeah, it yeah. was it was yeah, really great. The girls great. on one side, and, and then mom maybe with a toddler on the other side having a nap and Mom gets some downtime and some some investment, too. And so, yeah, it's definitely a a family feel we have going on. That's so great. So now, I I believe you guys, maybe you're not doing this anymore, but you used to have sort of a nail clinic where people would come in. Can you tell us some more about that? Absolutely, yeah. We have our nail outreach. Um, That was actually the first program that we ever really officially started um, it's every Monday afternoon, and it's funny, we, we started it, um, it was one little sidewalk table right out on the street in the Tenderloin, and we had a cosmetologist at that time on our staff, and, and she just had this idea of, like, let's just paint nails to women, and let be an opportunity to really start building relationships and start out, outreaching to them, and so it started with this little table, and she would paint nails, and maybe we had two or three women a week that came through, and gradually, this, the demand started to grow, and we ended up moving in, inside a building. And to this day, we have anywhere between 30 to 50 women that come in. Wow. Um, it's, it's staffed mostly by volunteers. To be honest, today, um, we sit at like 10 stations, and, and women just come in, and, it, and again, it's really designed to be a safe place. Mm. Many of them are homeless. Many of them are living in hotels or just in really unsafe, um, violent relationships. Many of them trapped in prostitution and they just kind of take that break and come in and we get just to kind of love on them and paint their nails and feed them brownies. And um, it's just a, it's just a really beautiful time of kind of community for the women in that neighborhood. Yeah. So, you know, here you here you have it. Um, We're going to go to break here in just a second, but here you have it. uh, People using the things that they're good at 
so simple, right? I mean, it's doesn't, we don't have to boil the ocean or cure world hunger. Just getting out a bottle of nail polish and taking some time to sit with somebody who needs you to look in their eyes and, and express to them that they're worth something and that they are loved and they're valuable. It, it just, it just is, is just beyond words, the value of doing that. So we'll be right back in just a second with another session of Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Abolition Radio as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Abolition Radio. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So thanks so much. Um, So we're just hearing about uh, Ruthie and um, Because Justice Matters, uh, Ruthie Kim and Because Justice Matters in uh, San Francisco and the Tenderloin and all of the wonderful things that are happening there in the way of dance, in the way of just, you know, doing something as simple as painting fingernails for the women every Monday and just sort of being a consistent presence in um, in the lives of people that are having a pretty difficult time. And so um, uh, we'll, I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about maybe some of the um, the trauma aspect of what you're doing. But I want to take a moment to pull um, Amy Lynch, who is the president of Arm of Care, into this conversation. And um, and maybe if I could just uh, ask you, to Amy, to tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this fight against human trafficking and abuse and, and just, you know, dealing with trauma in general. And then what, what is Arm of care up to these days? Okay, thank you so much. Um, Well, my background is similar to both you and Ruthie, you know, finding things that you love that have helped you in your life to overcome things and heal through trauma. And that was that was the initiative for me to step into knowing that I had things, tools that I used that were helpful to me that I could offer to other people. My undergraduate work is in recreational therapy and my graduate work is in movement therapy. So Arm of Care was born out of, it stands for Art Recreation Movement, and we partner with agencies serving those who have been commercially sexually exploited or that are at risk for sexual exploitation and we provide these creative arts therapies and um, just like Ruthie I had heard about the issue you know locally happening here in the Bay Area you know rated by the FBI as one of the highest density areas in the country for commercial exploitation and had heard pastors talk about it had heard other agencies like not for sale and had seen call and response and was moved 
to do something about the issue. And like you said, taking your gifting and the things that inspired you as a child and using those for the purposes of helping others heal. Mm, Yeah, that's so good. I love that you named it art, recreation, and movement, right? The arm of care. I was wondering if you could, so we hear this term and, you know, I I had to sort of educate myself on it when I came in contact with uh, psychosomatic um, and it's coming up quite a bit as it relates to trauma and um, dealing or working with people who have been exploited. Can you tell us some more about what is psychosomatic um, uh, therapy or, or care, if you will? Sure. Um, somatic, the word soma, means body. So, it, it, But when translated at the root, it, it really means a sound whole, the, the whole person, every aspect of a person. And we are gifted to live in these bodies that are designed by God. They're intended for everything, right? In them we, in, we move, we live, we have our being here in this physical body that we have here on earth. And everything that, every experience we have in our lives is imprinted, manifested, sometimes held in our bodies. And those affect the way we move, the way we think. It's all interrelated. You can say, you can realize, oh, I have a stomach ache or a backache or digestive problems or I get migraines. I mean, we see that in the population that we serve. Um, and we can make, we can help them see the connection. We do movement activities and body awareness activities to help them see the connection between what their body is saying to them and um, the place that it came from in their bodies. Yeah. Um, trauma yeah. imprints in the musculature in the body, and you you can't separate that. You can't you can't separate your mind and your thoughts and your emotions they're all intricately intricately connected and and i and i believe god intended them to be that way so that we could tune into ourselves and that tuning in process that awareness process automatically you, you know leads to making changes because we've become aware of something yeah, I mean, just a personal experience. So when when we took your, you came up and you were kind enough to uh, do some uh, activities with us at a retreat right. that we had at Mount Hermon earlier this year, and that, that was just amazing. Um, actually, Benita pulled that together and uh, with Brenda yeah. and 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 had you come up to Mount Hermon and you brought flags with you and you brought your mats and we we were able to as a uh, staff before even the survivors it was a survivor retreat but before we they came up we did some exercises as a staff and I can remember just doing something as simple as rubbing my my hand mm. down my arm right. was so healing. Um, And sometimes we just don't take the time to connect the body with the heart and the spirit. And, you know, and 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 like you said, we've been designed that way. And yet we we think that we're just who we are in our heads. Right. And that physical contact has, you know, so many ramifications. Right. I mean, just touching something can ease it. Right. Um, you know, bring circulation to the area, right? Nutrients and fluid and oxygen, you know, come to that area. And we know in trauma, there are areas that 
you know, we call it that become amnesic. Mm. You know, they, they, they forget that they're part of the body because of the trauma that has happened. So when we move, they're not always integrated or we feel disconnected or, um, so the movement's intended to reconnect. Right. Um, and also to self-soothe. Mm. I mean, the touching is, you know, I, today I go to juvenile hall and I work there every Monday afternoon, and, you know, we're teaching them about, you know, so much of touch has been interpreted as this sexual thing, you know, because of the sexual exploitation and the, you know, just the just the generation we Abuse. live in, you know. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're trying to help them see that your body is this precious, amazing, life-filled place that you get to own and take care of and be responsible for and and not have anybody else you know make your decision about who gets near it right and that touch also wakes you up and also gives you a sense of space mm-hmm. internally and space around you because yeah. boundaries have been Safety. physically mm-hmm. so deeply affected. I hope that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, so, you know, boundaries, uh, we're actually, one of the things that we are based our um, our I Am House, uh, Emergency House for Women mm-hmm. and Children, is on safety. It's just, you know, that is like the foundation. And so we're using the Seeking Safety program. And we just love having you come in there and help people get reacquainted with their body in a safe way. So um, I know there's lots of other things that that Arm of Care is doing, and I want to hear more about that. But I I wanted to just, um, uh, you know, bring Ruthie into this conversation. And um, we we, we have only a few minutes or a a minute left in this segment, and then we'll come back. But some of the things that I want to talk about are um, just the range of um, how movement and um, how art is really playing a role in the healing and the restoration and in the prevention of um, exploitation and abuse and um, and then how that then is being also used to restore people that have been abused. So I'd like to come back, but I, I want to leave you with a, a scripture, and that's from Psalm 30, uh, 11 through 12, and it says, You turned my wailing into dancing, you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, uh, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. And we'll be back with another session of Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, my name is Ruthie Kim, and I'm the founder of Because Justice Matters, a ministry reaching women and girls in San Francisco. After years of meeting women on the street trapped in sexual exploitation and violence, I realized we needed to provide a safe and loving place to heal. We now have a center just for women in the Tenderloin, where they come for Bible study, healing support groups, and a safe place to engage in community. We also welcome young girls from the neighborhood for weekly dance classes and mentoring. Please help us make a difference in the lives of women and girls. Join us for the IMBJM Happy Hour Fundraiser on Friday, April 24, from 7 to 9.30 p.m., Mix and mingle with your friends while supporting Because Justice Matters. There will be delicious catered appetizers, wine tastings, a raffle, and live music by Grow and Twine. Get your tickets now. Go to becausejusticematters.org and click on the IMBJM banner or find us on Facebook. 
Just search for Because Justice Matters and then join us this Friday for the I Am BJM Happy Hour. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So um, you were just mentioning, Amy, during the break that you, you're about to do a recreational event and take some, some young people on, a, on some sort of trip. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. One of the things we love to do is recreation. And if you break down that word, it's recreation mm, and exposing, like yeah, um, and exposing the kids to, um, you know, cultural events where, you know, that they may have never been able to experience those before. And recreation is a huge field. And, you know, when, when Ruthie and you were talking about things that you did when you were younger, singing and dancing, you know, those are the kind of things we want to help those kids find, you know, the things that they love to do, what's of interest to them. And we know that recreational and cultural activities gives them a sampling to kind of figure out, oh, I really like this, or this might be more of interest to me. I, I might like to go to the theater more or do do this kind of thing. And we've been blessed that um, many um, theaters around the Bay Area have donated tickets to us. So we're taking a group to see Fire on the Mountain. It's a story about how music, this um, bluegrass music evolves and helps these people who are in, doing coal mining to cope with what they've experienced. Mm. And so we love that because we're trying to give the children something that they, and young women, things that they can engage in that help them express the things that have been distressful for them. And when you can release that kind of trauma in your body, sometimes you don't have words for it, which is why we do all these other creative arts. Trauma lays deep in your musculature, and you're not always aware of it until you are at a theater performance, or you're doing a movement, or you have a blank piece of paper in front of you, and you're asked to just draw how you feel. Things show up that you didn't you didn't plan for, mm. and that's where the healing happens. Yeah, no, we when you came up, uh, you did the body map um, exercise with us. And that was life changing for many of our survivors to actually Mm -hmm. draw um, what they were feeling inside of a outline of their body. Um, That was that was so powerful. Uh, Ruthie, are you also engaging in similar types of activities when you bring the girls? Okay. Yeah, well, not so much with our girls, but some of some of the things that Amy was referring to uh, um, activities that we've been doing with our women, and and it's been absolutely just like you guys are saying, just amazing to see um, women who are unable to talk about their trauma, mm. um, but they're able to write poetry about it, mm. or they're able to move through our dance space. Um, one of the activities that we've done recently is actually introducing them to Jesus through movement mm. and how would they approach him with their body and how would he respond to them. And so all these different kind of ways, whether it's collaging or writing poetry or um, whatever it is, yeah, just seeing women open up their lives and their stories and, and allow kind of a really healthy, um, safe outlet for them, mm-hmm. which honestly probably wouldn't happen in a maybe a typical kind of counseling environment. Um, so, yeah, seeing the arts and movement and seeing women open up in, in new ways, it's amazing. 
Yeah, you know, it's so funny. So um, in, in again, in the IM house, we have four different types of therapy because we want to provide people choice. And so we have mm-hmm. cognitive therapy. We have the psychosomatic with Arm of Care. We have art therapy with Serena Martinez. Um, cog- cognitive therapy is with Dr. Carol Crofts. And um, and then we um, we are um, I think that's it. But we actually have a, a the seeking safety program, which is kind of a therapeutic ongoing foundation. And I notice that people shy away from the cognitive therapy. They just mm-hmm. they just um, you know it, it doesn't matter who the practitioner is. They just mm-hmm. think of therapy in a negative way. And so yeah. they they they're more willing to share how they're feeling through poetry, as you said, and art and things of that nature. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it seems, in some ways, it seems uh, much less confrontational. Mm-hmm. I think you know you don't have all your your stuff, all your history, all the abuse and the trauma kind of right in front of you. You're able to kind of control, allowing it to come out and the sharing of it. And I think we see the same thing at, at because justice matters that. Um, most of what we do is not that typical kind of cognitive therapy, but really just allowing them to kind of self-direct how self-direct. they want to express yeah. and when they want to express. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I, you- I think about, if I may just share, mm-hmm, the, sure. that um, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has even put out... Um, you know the the reality that you know all all those kind of therapies are important, and it's really important to explore what is actually working for what population. And mm. when you get into like poetry, like Ruthie was saying, and journal writing, and yoga, and um, singing, and those kind of things, you get into a place where you can actually help things that are not at the surface come to the surface. Um, you may not be aware of things. So cognitive therapy almost requests that you be aware of something. Mm, and yeah. what happens in the work that, that Ruthie and I are talking about is that we're not asking you to be aware of anything. We're just asking you to to hopefully have fun in an experience that is also therapeutic. Right. That makes so much sense to me. And, it, and it's funny because we had Serena in here and she was talking about her art therapy. Um, and she's an intern uh, art, art therapist, I guess you could say. And um, she, I said, you know, how, how did you get involved in this? She said, uh, you know, I think I've been doing art therapy on myself yeah. uh, most of my life. Yeah. And, and I said, me too. You know, it's like all that, all those hours of listening to the radio and rewinding the, the, the tape and saying, oh, the words sound like this and the song goes up and down that way. And, you know, oh, that was therapy. I was like, you know, it was, it was escaping. It was good, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I would like to kind of drill down with you, um, Ruthie, on San Francisco in particular. Um, mm. You, what, what is what's going on there as it relates to exploitation? You know, we do a couple of outreaches there a year, and um, you know, sometimes when we go, we see a lot of of exploitation going on. Other times, it's mostly homelessness, which we know makes you vulnerable to being mm. exploited. But um, do you have a set group of people that you're working with, or you know? What are, what are you seeing in terms of the landscape of, of, of human trafficking in San Francisco? 
Yeah, yeah. Right now, we're really tenderloin focused. Um, we really felt that we wanted to focus on geographical area, um, but over the years that I've been here, I've actually been involved in a number of different areas um, of the city, and it, it, it does look very different depending on which neighborhood you're in and kind of what your um, kind of the, the demographic that you're reaching. I would say most of the women that we're working with right now tend to be a little bit on the older side. Mm. Um, a lot of times I think there's a, a misconception that trafficking is only young victims, and they absolutely are, and, um, and it's important that we're reaching that community. But I think sometimes what gets overlooked is many of the women that we're reaching who I kind of, I guess, the way I like to describe it are the women that really fell through the cracks that yep. nobody ever rescued. Yep. They are the women that, you know, they have been in this life of exploitation for 30, 40, 50 years. Right. Um, and as you begin to hear that story, you know, you might pass them on the street and they might look like a homeless woman. But as you sit down and you hear her story, um, what you hear is just cycles of abuse upon abuse. Yep. And then a woman will randomly share, oh, and I started in the sex industry when I was 12. Right. You know, and, and those of us that know this, this field of trafficking immediately know, well, you're a trafficking victim. You were right. a minor. You, you had no choice in that. Um, but so often I think we miss those women because they don't necessarily fit into a certain kind of preconceived, you know, image. So that's many of the women that we're working with. Um, some of them are, are still in, kind of in some of those cycles of abuse. Some of them are kind of out of it, but still living with the trauma of that and having never received any support or, or aftercare. Um, so that's really kind of the focus that we have going on. But, you know, in other neighborhoods in San Francisco, there is a lot of younger girls who are out there on the streets who are caught up in this exploitation, not by choice. And, and so we, we really have kind of, you know, a broad spectrum of, of stuff happening here in the city. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I would I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And I, I actually want to want to talk about that a little bit more when we come back for our next segment of Abolition Radio. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. This is Pastor Gary from Faith Fellowship in San Leandro. We are so excited about the launch of Abolition Radio every Saturday. And we have seen Love Never Fails under Vanessa Scott grow right here in San Leandro out of our church at Faith Fellowship. And now her ministry. God gave her a passion to get young people out of the sex trafficking and sex slave industry. And she has been doing a phenomenal job. Not only is it locally, but now it's going globally. In fact, I prophesied to her that God was going to use her to go nationwide. And that's exactly what's been happening. She is a woman with a vision, with a direction, and a passion to see these young people come out of this kind of arena. And to God be the glory. Join with her every Saturday on Abolition Radio to hear what she has to say and then become a part of what she's doing. AbolitionRadio.org. Love never fails. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. And we were just talking, Ruthie and I and Amy, we were just kind of chatting about what's going on in San Francisco and what the landscape looks like as as it relates to human trafficking. And one of the things that you shared, Ruthie, kind of hit me about the fact that you might engage with, I don't know, a 50 or 60 year old woman who's being exploited Mm -hmm. 
And you might make the mistake of thinking, oh, this is, you know, this is what she's chosen. This is who she wants to be. And then you start to actually spend some time with her and you realize that she was first exploited or abused at the age of 12 or as a child. Yeah. I see it over and over again with the various ages that we're working with. And we know that the average age of a person that's being exploited in the U.S. is 12 to 14. And we also Mm -hmm. know that there's some pretty startling statistics that say that the life expectancy of a person that's exploited is seven years. And mm-hmm. so if somebody has, hasn't actually um, been killed and, you know, um, uh, by being exploited by the age of, let's say, 20, oftentimes will go on to just living this life of trauma and being labeled as someone who's choosing to be a prostitute, choosing to be yeah. exploited. And it's just not so. Yeah, you know, it's actually um, one of the things I think I'm most passionate about in this whole field of human trafficking is this scenario. I, I actually spoke at an event very early on um, when Because Justice Matters had started, and I remember someone approached me afterwards and asked me if of all the women that we were working with, if they were minors. And I kind of went on to explain this issue about how many of them had been exploited as a minor and now are much older. And I remember the man looked at me and said, oh, but they're not like children that have come from overseas. And it was the way he said it that made me feel like, but the women that we're working with are of no less value. Right. Yes, that actually there is international children being brought into America. Yes, that's horrendous. But so is that 40-year-old woman that has been alone and isolated and traumatized since she was 12. And, you know, I feel like this whole idea of categorizing who is a worst victim is really dangerous ground. Dangerous. And and so I'm really passionate about kind of putting all women up front and saying, like, these women are value and importance to God and and to us as well. And and so telling their stories and, and really kind of getting our heads around this issue of, you know, just when someone turns 18 doesn't mean they have the capacity to even escape the situation or the cycle that they're in. And, and so really having compassion, I think understanding around that issue is really important. Absolutely. You know, I think about, you know, I have a 19-year-old son, and when I think about him, um, he's doing great in his life and he's making some good adult decisions, but I'm helping him. I'm supporting him as a 19 year old. And I think about this whole notion that someone, uh, you know, becomes 18 and all of a sudden they know right from wrong and they've just blossomed into this, this person that makes all these good choices or is even capable of making the, the, you know, healthy choices. If you come from a life of abuse and trauma, I don't see how you would. So until we, you know, again, like I love what you said, it doesn't make them any less valuable and it Mm -hmm. certainly doesn't make them any less vulnerable. Right. Right. right, Absolutely. And, and also understanding that so many of, um, of those that are experiencing this trauma and abuse, um, whether it be through trafficking or prostitution, on top of that, many of them have, you know, coming out of the foster care system, yep. really lacking in um, that family support, experiencing childhood abuse. It's, it's just that whole image of the onion of like the layer upon layer of trauma and abuse. And like you said, the idea of expecting someone that's walked through that to suddenly be able to make really safe, courageous choices. I mean, it's hard enough for those of us who haven't faced those things, you know? Right. So, yeah, we definitely absolutely need to foster that that compassion and understanding. Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the things uh, along these lines of, of just um, dealing with trauma is that 
there's a, a you know a certain amount of care that we need to make sure that we're taking advantage of personally, right? Self care. Yeah. And I was just curious, you know, given that it's you're you're this restorative and preventative uh, type of organization, what do you do um, to make sure that your staff is kind of staying healthy and and is able to deal with the kind of trauma that you're you're coming in contact with? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and it is definitely something that we um, spend a lot of time thinking about. There's um, a few strategies that we kind of pursue, because um, I, I think it's right, like you, if you're kind of in this work, um, it's kind of, how do you foster like longevity? How do you um, have a life that's healthy so that you can continue to do this? Because I've met so many people that have jumped in on this issue, and, and it's just, it's so emotionally draining and mm-hmm. um, it can be really challenging. So having some of those healthy structures in place is vital. And, and some of that is simple rhythms of making sure that we take staff retreat days or, um, you know, self-care as far as caring for our own lives. And that whole idea of like, you know, all of us are broken. All of us have stuff that we need to work through and making sure that we're creating that space in our own lives, whether, whether it be through our own spiritual direction, our own counseling, you know, our own pursuit of God and community, um, encouraging vacations and investing in staff, staff training at conferences and reading books. And um, But I think a lot of it, honestly, is just healthy rhythms and healthy boundaries and really preparing ourselves to do this for the long haul. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's it's it, like, for example, Benita's out right now, and she's participating yeah. in the DeVos uh, Christian Institute um, training. And boy, it's hard on me to not have her yeah. here. I hate it. <laughs> but it's got to be done. also doing that. So yeah. Like, oh, really? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's right, Gabby. That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard on us, right? Um, we're yeah. poor, poor Ruthie and Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we love them, right? We need we we enjoy working with them and their support. But you know, you got to do make those investments so that they'll be here, uh, you know, in the in the future, and also not just so they'll be here, but so that they'll be healthy themselves. You can't you can't help other people Absolutely. to stay healthy if you can't do it for yourself. So yeah, I appreciate. Um, you, you know, you, you, uh, having a focus on that and supporting your staff as, as we are over here and it's so important. So, um, yeah. so we're going to come back. Um, I do want to just, uh, before we, before we break, I wanted to share with the group, uh, that you have a happy hour event coming up on Friday, uh, April 24th. Um, it's a, it's a mix and mingle with your friends, uh, event. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Friday, April 24th, we are having just a casual evening. It's located in downtown San Francisco at the Yama office. Um, it's actually in the same building as Twitter. And we're just going to have a, a band playing. We're going to have appetizers and a really fun raffle. And, and just really the, the kind of the vision behind this event, it's called I Am BJM. Mm-hmm. And really the vision is that every person that's involved with our work, whether it be a prayer supporter, a donor, a volunteer, a staff, one of the women and girls that attends our programs, that all of us can say, I am BJM. And so the idea is that everyone just come together, meet some of our staff, hear more about our work. We're, we're launching a, a new video and, and just really kind of saying, like, this is our community and we need you. And 
so yeah, we'd love people to show up and, and just come out and learn more about us and meet us and, and just have a fun evening as well. Yay! That sounds so much like so much fun. So that's next Friday. Um, I'll be talking about some other things that people can get involved in. But if you live in San Francisco, um, come out and support the wonderful work that um, that uh, uh, BJM is doing. You know, be a part of the IMBJM family. Go down there and have some fun with them. Um, they're a great group and they're doing wonderful work uh, fighting against human trafficking and working on the prevention and, and the uh, aftercare side. So um, uh, we really uh, we want to. Uh, support them and support you, Ruthie, in any way we can. And thank again, you. yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, we also want to thank Amy Lynch uh, from Arm of Care and the whole Arm of Care team for being on the show. Um, and so in the next sem- segment, I'm going to tell you about some other events that you can get involved in. And again, um, you know, we, we all have our unique gifts and talents. I know that BJM could absolutely use volunteers as well. Um, so reach out and be a part of the solution and be a part of the Um, you know, be the hands and feet of Christ, be a part of the uh, solving the problem together. So thank you. And we'll, we'll be right back with another session of Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Abolition Radio as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries Supporting Abolition Radio. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So, Ruthie, how can, um, if if listeners want to get involved, and I know they do, tell us how they can touch base with you, learn, you know, get involved with volunteering either with the dancers or with your nail clinic or other things that you're doing. How can they support you? Yeah, I think one of the easiest ways for um, folks to get engaged with our work is to follow us on, on social media. So we are on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, we're on everything. And so people can get on there and find us, like us, follow us. Um, and then they're going to know exactly kind of what's going on, what events we have coming up. And also checking out our website, becausejusticematters.org. Uh, there's information on there about our happy hour event and tickets. Um, and just generally really about the work that we're doing. On our website, um, people can find out more about volunteer opportunities. And, and there really is a lot of ways that people can jump on board. Um, there's a, what we call on-site opportunities where people can come in and be part of our dance classes. If they're dance teachers or if they have um, art therapy gifts and, and want to explore doing that with some of our women, 
we're looking for volunteers to come and jump in on our nail day and, and really no experience is needed for our nail day, just kind of a willing heart to come and, and love women. And there's just a, a ton of ways that people can jump in on our work so they can check that out um, on our website. And then the other thing that we have um, going on, which is I know not everyone is able to kind of come out during the week and get involved in programs is our off-site volunteer opportunities. And, and this is really, you know, where we, we want people who um, are photographers or uh, graphic designers or writers and, and may want to kind of volunteer their time from home. And so there's a bunch of opportunities on there. Um, oh, nice. so we would love people just to check that out and, and get involved in any way they feel like they can. Awesome. So check out their website and like their page and please do go to their event on the 24th. Also, um, other events that you should be aware of, uh, we have the Alameda County Stop Sexual Exploitation of Minors Week, um, SEM Week. And we're starting that off on the 20th, Monday the 20th. Youth Radio is presenting a No Such Thing YouTube video. And so we're inviting you. There's there's these six tickets that you'll see on a flyer on our Love Never Fails page, also on our Abolition Radio page. Come and like those pages and, and access some of these tickets that will sort of give you the roadmap for things that you can do every single day of SEM week, which is sexually exploited minors stopping the sexual exploitation of minors. So on Monday, we have the youth radio presentation. On Tuesday, we have a SEM sexually exploited minors awareness week ceremonial presentation at City Hall with Oakland City Council. On Tuesday, uh, we also have Alameda County Board Supervisors Proclamation event from 11 to 12 in Oakland on Oak Street. On Thursday, you can come and see a free film screening, a path of peers, and a panel discussion hosted by KQED. That's at Laney College in the evening. Friday, you can join Missy and Love Never Fails and Dreamcatchers at an open mic event, and that's in Oakland at Betty Ono's. And then on Saturday, April 24th, we're going to end the week with the Youth Commission, Love Never Fails Youth Commission Against Trafficking. We're going to have a walk for freedom at Tennyson High School in Hayward from 9 to 11 a.m. And so you don't want to miss that. And you can register for that via Eventbrite. We also have a whole series of other events that are going on in the community. So that's next week, actually. And I, I got ahead of myself. It's Saturday afternoon. If you have nothing going on this evening and you decided that you want to get active tonight, we're going to be doing some outreach in Santa Clara County. Uh, We're going to go down to San Jose and uh, we'll have our outreach training. And so you can meet us at Faith Fellowship from 6.30 to 8.30. And then we are going to pray and we'll head ourselves down to San Jose to do some outreach at a couple of the places that we typically go to down there. Um, And so we want to encourage you, come on out. And then, like I said, join us for the SEM week. Also, if you are able to come out on the 26th, that's Sunday the 26th, we are going to be at the Justice Conference at Cornerstone Livermore Church at 3 p.m., there is also an Eventbrite set up for that and a Facebook event. If you if you do a little query there, you can find it there. Also, we want to um, support our partners, Missy. They have a gala coming up on the 2nd of May at 6 p.m. in Oakland. And, of course, uh, we've got the Freedom Summit. I will be speaking there along with some of my awesome colleagues. Uh, Sarai will be there. I believe Leah from Bridget Stream is going to be speaking. And uh, a variety of other speakers, Regina Evans, will be sharing her gifts as well at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara at 10 a.m. You want to get your tickets from Bay Area Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition website. 
Lastly, if you want to join the Love Never Fails um, Education Love Don't Hurt team, the facilitator team, come on out to our training, which is on May 16th from 8 to 5. Lot to do out there. I'm out of breath. I'm panting here. I need some water. But no, really, there's so many different ways in which you can get involved. And we're just grateful that so many people have come and decided to put their gifts to work, to fight so that everyone can be free and so that everyone can uh, experience justice. I want to leave you with an invitation on May 5th. We are going to be doing a Cinco de Mayo party at the Fountain Church in Pleasanton from 7 to 9 p.m. Please come out and support us. We are going to be doing some fundraising there through Silicon Valley Gives. So look at our website for more information. And always we want to end our show with a very important note and comment that we believe in so very much. And that is that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. Our audio engineer is Jarrell Martin, and this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, Thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors, and the ones who still see our eyes. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.